Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Phillies Focus Pod, special deadline edition. Today we will go over potential trading blocks for the Phillies, potential trading targets, and potential trade scenarios. So without further ado, let's get this show started. was asked their favorite superheroes. You said Scooby-Doo. I, I didn't realize Scooby-Doo was a superhero. Can you kind of explain his superhero lore? I mean, well, first off, he's a dog, right? And he can talk. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Lucas. This is the Phillies Focus Pod Deadline Edition today. So a little bit about last week, Um, Phillies currently sit in the second wild card spot, just a half game behind the Giants for the first wild card spot, uh, tied in the loss column. So decent week, kind of a rough weekend series in Pittsburgh, um, losing Saturday and Sunday in very uh, tough fashions in both games. Um, Got a lot of runners on base, walked a lot on Saturday. Was not able to pull it out late, and then um, Sunday was one of the ugliest games in the year. Christopher Sanchez had a no-hitter um, after five, was pulled due to a uh, stomach issue that he was having. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez came in and instantly gave up the no-hitter, followed by a two-run home run to tie the game. Um and then just a horrendous miscue uh, once again by Trey Turner at shortstop on a infield very routine pop-up that was not called by him nor Edmundo Sosa, so it kind of bounced off their gloves. Ended up contributing to a run with another error in center field in that inning. Um, Phils were able to tie it 4-4, to but had um, a pretty bad base running mistake in the 10th inning with second and third no outs fly ball to right field harper started to go for home um pulled up halfway through bohm did not realize who was on second so uh he was going to be out at second but then the second base harper tried to steal home on the throw to second and was out at home so it ended up being a double play and the phillies did not score and then andrew vasquez gave up a uh, walk-off two-run home run in the bottom of the 10th so Rough way to end the weekend, lose two in Pittsburgh. Um, we're, we're able to bounce back last night and win a big game to start off the series, the four-game series down in Miami. Um, so uh, three more to go on tonight, tomorrow, and early afternoon game on Thursday. But uh, that is enough about the past for now. Today is about the present and ultimately the immediate future um, in regards to any acquisitions that this team can make. Um, a lot of players still available. Um, some a big name who I've been advocating for for a month or two now is um, not necessarily off the table, but very high asking place, price. Uh, Dylan Cease, uh, starting pitcher for the White Sox, who finished runner-up last year in the AL Cy Young voting. Having a little bit of a down year just in comparison to last year. Um, but he is only 27, and he's under contract until 2026. Um, so uh, he could be a potential replacement for Aaron Nola should we not be able to sign him 
um, after the season. So I would love to go all in with the. This could be a potential. Not that he's as good as Cliff Lee, but the in the same vein as the Cliff Lee trade in 2009, where um, trading for a reigning Cy Young champion and um, might as well just go all in, right? Um, instead of targeting a back end of the rotation guy or a mid rotation guy, um, get a top of the rotation guy who's under contract for the next few years. Um, so far this year, he has a 1.9 WAR, uh, 4.15 ERA. Uh, his career ERA, ERA is 3.67. Um, so I would love, love, love to go in on Dylan Cease. I wish, I wish Joe Kelly was still available. I, I always thought Joe Kelly would be a just a perfect fit in this bullpen with his um, his playoff experience, his energy, and his. Uh, yeah, his, uh, his stats in the playoffs kind of speak for themselves um, and always seems to be on winning teams um, if you take away the last this last little run with the White Sox. But he's back with the Dodgers now, so he's off the table. So for Dylan Cease, um, it's going to take a lot. It would take Mick Abel um, as well as probably Johan Rojas um, as well as potentially another lower-end prospect as well someone maybe like uh ethan wilson or andrew baker um maybe even a little higher than that but uh if we could get him for mick abel and johan rojas with a another player uh who isn't quite as highly ranked as them i would do that in a heartbeat um it could be tough to stomach for some people with the uh the ceiling of Mick Abel and the unknown future now of Andrew Painter, but uh, I think you got to go all in. That would make you definitely one of the top three teams in the NL. Um, in addition, obviously to Atlanta and the Dodgers, I think uh, that might put you right up there with them to to go into the playoffs with a rotation of uh, Zach Wheeler and Dylan Cease and. Obviously, Nola and Ranger Suarez with uh, now the major league leader in wins, Taiwan Walker, who's been really good over the last uh, about two months. Um, that would put you right up there with the best rotations in baseball. Um, I would I would go all in on Dylan Cease if the possibility is there. Um, another perfect fit for this team who I've been advocating for a while now is Adam Duvall. Um outfielder for the Red Sox right now he is exactly what this team says that it needs and has been shopping for a a power hitting outfielder who can play play also play plus defense he's a very good defender he can also play center field um as well as obviously left and right field he's right-handed um he's traditionally killed the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park so you know that he hits very well there. Uh, so he is a target that I would love uh, if the Red Sox are willing to part. They did do have a history of doing a, a selling slash buying type thing at the deadline after last year. So um, even though they're still in it and they're still, uh, they've been playing really good baseball, I don't think it's off the table that they could be trading Duvall. Um, it probably would take uh, Carlos De La Cruz, who is the Phillies' uh, seventh-ranked prospect right now, had a um, a streak this year of I think 39 games in Double A uh, on base streak. Um, he 
He's a really tall uh, 6'9 outfielder who can also play first base. So he has a lot of value right now, and it might they might be able to um, potentially get Duvall for a prospect ranked below uh, De La Cruz. Orion Kirkering is a, uh, a relief prospect who has really skyrocketed this year. He was ranked 20, 20th, I believe, in April. He's uh, got all the way up to the top 10, uh, throws triple digits. They, they speak of him as a future closer in the majors. So he has some value right now, too. You might be able to get Duvall for him um, straight up or David Cruz straight up or um, another prospect in that vein. So I would love um, those moves would make this team a legitimate contender and up there with the best of baseball if they were able to flip Abel, Rojas, De La Cruz, and Kirkering. Um, any any combination of those four, obviously Abel would be definitely included. Um, for Cease and Duvall, well, right there, and then you really, you really lock up... Uh, any weaknesses or the major weaknesses that this team has right now. Um, another guy who uh, rumors have quieted down a little bit with the Nationals, but Lane Thomas is another uh, left fielder who is having just uh, a career season right now. He is 28. Uh, he's under contract until 26 as well, so that really raises the asking price. He's already at three wins above replacement for this season, uh, 16 home runs, batting 287 with an 807 OPS. Um, so it's going to take a decent amount to pry him out of Washington's hands, given that he is under contract for the next two seasons after this season. Um, I think it's something along the lines of Johan Rojas, Maybe Kirkering or uh, Connor Brogdon uh, is someone who still has value as well. So it could be something along the lines of Johan Rojas, Connor Brogdon, and maybe a uh, another lower-ranked prospect in addition to those two. Um, so that uh, that would be something to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm not sure how much the Phillies are interested in a uh, a potential long-term investment uh, like that. Um, but you could always use him as a trade chip moving forward as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what they're up to at first base. If Harper plays into the long-term plans or if Hoskins is still on the table, potentially for a short-term deal to get his value back up after missing this whole season. Um, so yeah, Lane Thomas would be a very nice pickup as well. Teoscar Hernandez has been, uh, his name's been floating around like crazy this past week. Um, he's a historical, really good power hitter, uh, uh, left fielder as well, right-handed bat. He is 30 years old, a pending free agent after the season. He has one wins above replacement so far this year. Now, uh, the big kind of knock on him is that he, um, he leads the majors in strikeouts. I think he's already at 142 strikeouts this year. So that is a major red flag for this particular offense, who um, we've been striking out way too much as it is, especially in this um, tail end of July where this offense has been sputtering. Um, however, uh, his the last four seasons of his ha have been... Uh, rather borderline elite as far as 
uh, power is concerned. He he's uh, from 18 to 22. He's amassed a 499 slugging percentage with 121 home runs, um, about a 5% home run rate at the plate. Um, by comparison, um, Hoskins' numbers, so Hernandez has 499 slugging from 18 to 22. Hoskins has a 483 slugging in that span. Hernandez has 121 home runs, and Hoskins has 130 home runs. Um, and Hernandez has a slightly, just percentage points higher home run rate than Hoskins in that span. I, I believe Hernandez is at 5.1 and Hoskins is at 4.8. Um, so very similar power numbers uh, to Reese Hoskins. Um, 16 this year. Um, it's a potential type of guy that a, a change of scenery, a change of environment could really uh, reignite, reinvigorate the season for him. Um, so he's been a hot commodity of late. It seems like there's about three or four teams that are interested. It could take something along the lines of like a De La Cruz, um, maybe a Gabriel Rincon Jr., who is Philly's uh, third-round draft pick from last year, who is uh, looks like a potential plus power outfielder as well. Um, and Andrew Bellotti as well. Andrew Bellotti has some value uh, down in AAA. So something maybe along the lines of uh, Gabriel Rincon Jr. and Andrew Bellotti could um, could fetch in Teoscar Hernandez if they uh, choose to go that route. Um, some other names that are bouncing around that I've heard the Phillies slightly attached to, if they want to go the route of more of a mid-to-back-end rotation piece uh, to kind of Get some insurance in case of any injuries or if uh, Christopher Sanchez, when he inevitably um, kind of comes back to earth a little bit. Um, Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals um, is available. He's 27, uh, pending free agent after this season. Having a pretty decent year, 1.5 war so far this year. Um, pitched... Uh, He's already at 20 games started, which is his highest since, I think, uh, 2019. Um, he's 7-6 with a 4-4-3 ERA and a 4-2-2 uh, FIP. Um, that's kind of, um, his results are kind of um, right along line with the quality of uh, stuff that he's thrown so far this year. He's at 106 strikeouts. What alarms me the most kind of um, dovetailing off of Hernandez's uh, leading the league in strikeouts is Flaherty is uh, at 54 walks. Um, so almost, uh, yeah, less than a 2 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio at 106 strikeouts and 54 walks. So it's a guy that they could get for some insurance. Uh, depends how much it would take. It might take someone like uh, Orion Kirkering um, to throw in there. That might be selling uh selling a bit low for the Phillies um but he is a potential option um another guy another Red Sox uh who apparently the asking price is very high right now is 34 year old uh James Paxton lefty um he is a pending free agent after this year having um one of the better seasons of his career so far he's already at 1.8 war 3-3 for ERA, his career ERA is 3.57, so a lot of consistency there. 
um, 80 strikeouts to just 20 walks, and he has a 242 fielding independent pitching FIP. So his uh, his stuff this year looks like it's even a little bit better than that 334 ERA. Um, so uh, yeah, he's uh, apparently like I said, the Red Sox are asking a lot for him. It could take someone um, again like Kirkering. Um, Maybe De La Cruz. Um, it could be a potential uh, dual trade if you paired up Adam Duvall and James Paxton for uh, Carlos De La Cruz and Orion Kirkering. That, that might be able to bring them in, and that is a trade that I would do right now. And um, I think it's possible that both the Phillies and Red Sox would do that as well. Um, so then uh, one more guy at... I haven't heard much about the Phillies being connected. I know the Dodgers have made uh, him or uh, Eduardo Rodriguez their number one target right now, along with Justin Verlander. Um, so Eduardo Rodriguez, he is he's 30 years old. He's under contract until uh, 27, which I was just shocked to see today. So I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head at why he is so so on the market for Detroit right now, but I guess... I guess they're just trying to uh, get what they can for the future at this point. He's at a 2.3 war already this year. Excuse me. So he's been one of the better pitchers in uh, in baseball, certainly the American League. Um, 2.95 ERA. He is a career. Um, I didn't realize all the the accolades that he's had so far in his career. He's a career 75 and 49 um, record pitcher. So. Um, and he's a he was a pivotal part of that rotation for the Red Sox in 2018, um, the World Series champion. So the guy's a winner. Um, I presume that Detroit's asking price is very very high for him. Um, I could take someone along the line of uh, De La Cruz, uh, maybe Johan Rojas, Orion Kirkering, Hai Yu Lee, which is a uh, a high, highly regarded shortstop prospect for the Phillies. Um, Bailey Falter, too, could enter some of these mixes as well as a little bit of a value for a depth rotation piece and another um, another prospect for a change of scenery type of, uh, type of guy. So um, those are kind of the main names uh, that the Phillies have been connected to. Uh, Jack Flaherty in... St. Louis could potentially be paired up by, with one of their available outfielders, um, Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill. Um, they don't really move the needle too much for me. Um, at that rate, uh, I don't think there's a huge difference in putting Brandon Marsh uh, in one of the corner outfield spots when uh, continuing with Rojas for now until Pache comes back from his injury. Um but there is a potential there for a package deal with St. Louis, um, similar to the Adam Duvall, James Paxton one I just mentioned. You could do Jack Flaherty and Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill. Um, so I'm sure there are many names that the Phillies are inquiring about that I haven't mentioned so far, but those are the main names that pop out. Um, a just ideal deadline day for me would be to flip Mick Abel, Johan Rojas, and possibly one more for Dylan Cease, and then to flip um, Carlos De La Cruz, 
or um, Kirk Ring for Adam Duvall. Um, that would just be ideal. Um, Lane Thomas is another target. Teoscar Hernandez, if the asking price isn't um, too high, I wouldn't be uh, upset with. Jack Flaherty for um, someone a little bit lighter to fill out the back end here. Add some insurance wouldn't be awful. James Paxson does sound like he's going to cost too much uh, for my liking. And Eduardo Rodriguez, depending on how the market shakes up with him, I mean, that would be a, a really, really good pickup by uh, Dombrowski. So we shall see. Um, deadline is only about uh, five hours away at this point. Um, about five and a half. So it's happening quick. Uh, I will keep you updated. On Twitter, if you want to give me a follow, uh, that is at Phillies Focus on Twitter. Um, a couple other names that have been rumored for weeks now. Uh, Justin Verlander, now that Max Scherzer has been sent to Texas. Justin Verlander is on the uh, trading block, so we, we will see what happens there. Blake Snell is a possibility. Um, the Padres, they're oscillating between um, selling and buying. Uh Another one in San Diego, Josh Hader, um, and another really uh, high leverage closer on the potential market is Pittsburgh's David Bednar, who uh, kind of shut the Phillies down over the weekend. So he's an elite closer. Um, so those are four big names that could potentially be on the move that I have my eye on today. I don't think the Phillies are connected to any of them, but we shall see. Um, just, uh, I just pray to God that the Braves don't somehow, some way, uh, Alex Anthopoulos figure out how to uh, to acquire one of these major targets. I've heard them slightly connected to Verlander, um, heard them connected to Josh Hader, and now I've heard them connected to uh, David Bednar from Pittsburgh, which that would just be a nightmare um, if they could slot him at the back end of their rotation um, with everything else they have going for them. It would probably then lock him up to like a five-year team-friendly deal as well, like on the same day. So hopefully Atlanta doesn't um, improve on what they already have um, too drastically, and hopefully we, uh, the Phillies, do. Um, so good luck to uh, the Phillies today. Um, hope you all will be watching, have fun, enjoy it, and if there is any noteworthy uh, moves today, any needle movers. Um, I will be back for part two of this deadline special um, either tonight or some point early tomorrow afternoon um, to check back in and, and reevaluate uh, any moves this team made and what it means for this home stretch as we enter into August. Got two months left until hopefully the return of Red October. Um, so as always, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Lucas, and I will be back to talk with you all soon. All right, take care.